Greco-Roman period. I was fascinated by the intersection of Hellenic and Hebrew civilizations and read Flavius Josephus and Philo of Alexandria in Greek. Although my maternal grandfather, Wolf Greenfield, had been cantor of the Manhattan Beach Jewish Center, I did not come from a religious family. Yet I hired an Israeli graduate student to teach me biblical Hebrew every Monday night. In addition to Greek, Latin, and a little Hebrew, I learned to read French and German passably well and took courses in Sanskrit and Indo-European linguistics. Later, I became one of the few people who could read Oscan and Umbrian inscriptions. At NYU, I also studied philosophy with a famous interpreter of existentialism, Professor William Barrett, author of Irrational Man. But the high point of my undergraduate career came about as the result of a practical joke. Professor Peters asked each student in our Greek class to memorize a few lines of Homer's Iliad. Carried away by enthusiasm for ancient poetry, and with time to kill while waiting for the uptown subway, I memorized the first 135 lines of the Iliad in Greek. Homer sounds great when echoed off the walls of a nearly empty subway station. By chance, I was the last person that day whom Peters called upon to recite. When I came to the end of my assigned lines, I said, in an offhand way, Shall I go on? Peters nodded, Yes, and I then fluently recited about one hundred lines of Greek epic poetry from memory. At that moment, providentially, the bell rang. The following fall, in his large Near Eastern history class, Peters said, in a deadpan way, In ancient times it was common for palace watchmen to memorize all 15,693 lines of the Iliad. Even today, there are rare individuals who know the entire poem by heart. And we happen to have such a person in our class. He nodded towards me. Mr. Moss, he said with a sly smile, would you give us a sample? I began to recite the pages I had committed to memory. My limits would soon have been discovered, except that Peters had timed the joke perfectly. Once again, my memorized lines ran out just as the dismissal bell sounded. This spur-of-the-moment joke established my reputation as a kind of idiot savant of Homeric poetry at NYU. Peters, in addition to his mastery of Greek and Latin, had a doctorate from Princeton University in Islamic Studies and later became the founding director of NYU's Hagop Kevorkian Center for Near Eastern Studies. Had I stayed at NYU, I would probably have concentrated on ancient Near Eastern Studies. This might have yielded a very pleasant and productive career indeed. In May 1964, Martha and I got married, and I moved to her apartment on West 75th Street in Manhattan. This was just one room, with the kitchen in a converted closet. But what a room! It had been the billiard parlor of a Victorian mansion built by the publisher Henry Hobart Vale. It had a Tiffany glass skylight, chestnut shutters and bookshelves, and breathtaking views of the Hudson River. Getting married turned out not to be a financial hardship, either. As soon as he learned that I had gotten married, Dean Philip Mayerson arranged for me to receive a full scholarship for my final year. It didn't hurt that he was one of my Latin teachers. In retrospect, what undid my career in classics was something happening halfway around the world. 
the Vietnam War. It was not that I was ever in danger of being drafted. Our daughter Melissa was born in December 1965, and our son Benjamin came along in June 1967, both very providential for my 3A draft exemption. But starting with the assassination of President Kennedy in November 1963, our world, along with that of millions of our contemporaries, seemed to veer out of control. There was a series of events that not only dominated the headlines, but led to a roller coaster ride of wrenching emotions. The assassination of Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, and Robert Kennedy, the Senate's duplicitous Tonkin Gulf Resolution, and even the massive Northeast Blackout of November 1965, and a quickly ensuing transit strike undermined our faith in the government and our hopes for a peaceful future. One day, towards the end of my...